It seems that often EMS people like to interchange the words Medicare and Medicaid. While similar in scope, the reality is these programs are two uniquely different government offerings. We'll explore these two programs today in the QMC Board and Caller. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the QMC Board and Caller, news and thought-provoking discussions for today's emergency medical service provider. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's podcast, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvat. I thought it would be helpful to define the two programs and call attention to their similarities and differences. First, let's retrace the history of the programs. President Harry Truman first floated the idea of a comprehensive government health insurance program in 1945. However, he was unable to convince Congress to take his vision anywhere. Two decades later, President Johnson mapped out his Great Society vision for America and was able to push through a new program to cover older Americans using Medicare and Americans of low income under Medicaid. The programs have been expanded and rewritten a time or two over the years, but the same basic concept and structure exists at the bedrock of the initiatives, now 54 years later. Medicare is a program designed to benefit persons who have reached retirement age. It also covers those with long-term disabilities that keep them from working and thus affording health insurance. It should be noted that when a patient has Medicare, there are a number of options that I'll explain in today's podcast. Additionally, a person may fit into what's called a dual enrollment status, where the patient is eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid coverage. Medicare has four parts, and all parts are identified alphabetically using the letter A through D. Medicare Part A, the hospital insurance. This part of the program covers medically necessary hospital inpatient stays, skilled nursing facility stays, home health, and hospice. Some hospital EMS systems have been granted permission to bill Medicare Part A for their transports as well. Medicare Part B. Part B is the medical insurance portion and pays for what we call fee-for-service Medicare, covering doctor services, preventative care, durable medical supplies, hospital outpatient services, laboratory tests, x-ray service, mental health, and of course, medically necessary ambulance transportation. Medicare Part B is primarily where the payment for ambulance services resides. Medicare Part C. This is the private health insurance leg of the program. Private health insurance plans, HMOs, and PPOs are also called Medicare Advantage plans and are rolled into this part. These private plans must cover what original Medicare covers but can impose different payment rules, coverage restrictions, etc. Many times, Medicare Part C also incorporates Part D into their offerings for a one-stop shopping solution. Medicare Part D. Part D is the outpatient prescription drug coverage program. These benefits are never direct from the government and are always administered and paid by private contractors. This part has no connection to EMS in any way. Speaking of private contractors, Medicare and Medicaid is administered under the United States Department of Health and Human Services, HHS as we know it, that is the regulatory arm of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS. 
companies called Medicare Administrative Contractors, or MACs, contract with CMS to cover geographically connected jurisdictions, which are groups of states, typically contiguous states, forming a physical jurisdiction. The MACs process incoming claims and reimburse on those claims. For ambulance, a national Medicare ambulance fee schedule incepted in 2002 is adjusted each year by a formula called the Ambulance Inflation Factor, or AIF. This controls the reimbursement levels. The fee schedules are calculated to the base by geography using geographical practice indices, which factor in account area economic trends. Because it was determined the fee schedule underfunds EMS, the reimbursement levels have been bolstered by what are called the bonus payments of 2% in urban areas, 3% in rural areas, and 22.6% in small geographic pockets called super rural areas. Rural and super rural areas also receive a 50% increase in the mileage payment per loaded mile for the first 17 miles of each and every transport. The bonus payment expired on December 31, 2017, but has been extended for an additional five years. It is important to note that Medicare benefits are only paid when a patient is transported in the ambulance. Ambulance suppliers and providers must accept the fee schedule payment as payment in full and can only balance bill the patient for either the 20% amount that the fee-for-service Medicare does not pay direct, citing a cost-sharing requirement, either or a deductible or a copay amount assessed by the Medicare Part C insurer. I hope this information proved helpful to you. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. And hey, be safe out there. <music>